So if you've been following us, we've talked a lot about how bad leadership leads to like a multitude of problems. Some of it comes from bad decisions, not caring about the people who work for you. But today we kind of want to focus on a topic which almost every worker manager have dealt with, and that's micromanagement. Yeah, (laughs) you know, and we've mentioned on a previous episode about toxic employees and how some good managers sort of morph into the bad guy because of some employees who just ruin it for a manager's like good intention. Like we, for the most part, believe that majority of people are good and want to get the job done as best as possible on schedule and accommodate everyone's needs within fairness and reason. So, like, why does micromanagement exist? Why is it so dominant? And why is it such a foul word? Yeah, it is a it is a dirty word, right? Micromanaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you hear that, and people just you know, like we just said, gross. Because we've all dealt with micromanagers. We're like, yeah, we we hired you to because of your decision making skills, but we're not going to let you utilize any of those. So, yes, um, and even to the point where. You know, some some in like most recent experience, some micromanaging turns into, you know, you're you're involved, you're directly involved in the situation or aware of the situation that's going on within your area of operation. And you might have a boss who floats in and out of that area of operation from time to time, week to week, month to month, whatever. They're not there 100 percent of the time like you are. And they see some email traffic and then they come over the top and start making decisions. and and you know, because they're trying to write the ship, but, but they never had that conversation with you. You know, you've already taken proactive measures to get the ship righted. You're just more of a quiet riot mm-hmm. and they're more vocal. So six and I have had this conversation a lot, but there's a lot of people out there that operate on the, because I yell louder, I must be right. Yes. But, but I am not that way. And nor is my team, right? My we we're very much the okay, yeah. Let, let's look into that and see what's really going on. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys do that. You guys really find out what the root cause is. And so mm-hmm. we'll we'll dive it deep, dive it down, right? Or or as one of my guys says, we're going to peel back the layers of the onion. But we don't find an onion. We find a, a hand grenade, <laughs> and the pin's already pulled, you know. And yep. so so that's that's kind of how I operate. I'm more fact-based. I'm not yell. I don't like to yell. I'm not confrontational at all. I'm like, I'm very fact-based. I'll kill you with the facts. Yes. Whereas other people are like, fuck your facts. (laughs) Uh, I I just want to yell loud. So everybody knows that I'm here and I'm right. Absolutely. And I like, especially how you mentioned, like you start peeling back the onion and also about how like you're expected to have innovative decisions and you're kind of proactively trending in that direction to just quiet, right, fix the issue. And then here comes somebody off the top ropes, just makes like that hard course correction and just screws up everything. And you were not ready for it. Um, there's this one saying I remember hearing once. And I want to say this article that I'm reading here from the Harvard Business Review says something similar where uh, never tell people how to do things. You just tell them what to do. and what they come up with will surprise you, right? And, and I think that means, at least in my opinion, it means like be, be confident in your team's ability to understand the problem and let them make their mistakes, right? 
Well, right here it says bosses who intervene too often or too extensively in their subordinates' activities get a bad reputation. And most forward-thinking organizations have come to value employee autonomy more than oversight. And that's something, Sick, you and I have talked about for years now, is that um, just tell me what you want done, and I'll get it done. And, and, and trust that I'm going to do it from there, right? Just look at the end product. Now, obviously, step in if I'm missing something along the way. There's that coaching aspect of it, right? But mm-hmm. if, if you say, here's what I want to do. But you're going to tell me down to uh, font, color, uh, uh, formatting. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like holy cow! Just let me let me get something together first. But the autonomy side of it, I view that I view it as as if I have to sit there and make every command decision for my team. What is my? I'm doing something wrong. Because my job as a manager should, should be able to empower my team to make those decisions and they run with it. I should just be there for the yes, no questions. Hey, hey, boss, do you want to see this or that? Uh, let's go this route. Do you want this or that? Go this route. Hey, I got to take Friday off. Can I flex my time? This route. You know what I mean? Like, yes, that's what I should be there for is the yes and no. I shouldn't be there to have to make every decision along the way because I'm setting them up for failure and I'm setting myself up for failure. Yes. And because an- now I've made it to where I can't even take a day off. Yes. Then there's actually an, uh, a doc, an article about that too, or a doctrine, sorry. It's called the completed staff work doctrine for anyone else who's never heard of that. Definitely give that a look. And part of, or in summary of what that doctrine is, is exactly what MVP was saying. Like you as a manager or as a leader should only really be involved for, for the most part, or say like 80% of the work as a yes, no uh, answer. Right. And this is also incumbent on but what how what kind of work you're doing, depending on the complexity for something like aviation, you might have to be a little bit more involved. And. And for managers and leaders altogether, you cannot just be completely lax and hands off. That's 100 percent not the thing, because if you just go hands off now, you're just letting the unruly become more unruly. It, it it turns into confusion. It turns into loss of direction. And then ev- nobody has an idea of what the hell they're supposed to do. And especially if it's complex, uh, you have to understand that you can't just give superficial or blind advice, right? Like I'm having, Hey boss, I have a problem. Well, have you really thought about looking through it and just kind of digging to the root cause of that problem? Try that. And then you're like, I have no fucking clue what the hell he just said. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we we have had that done to us before. Like we would come with a problem and it says, well, have you tried doing, have you tried reading the book or have you tried doing this? I'm like, yes, that's why I'm coming to you because I have no idea what else to do. Right. Or, or, or and then when they, when you do come with a problem, it kind of, when they address it, it's kind of sounds like they're degrading you. And that's, then that kind of leads into uh, further down, uh, further down the road, which we will address is like, when you actually present a problem to a manager and depending on how they help you solve it can be a reason why you don't ask for their help in the first place. Yes. Well, and, and here's another side of it that, uh, that I've been experiencing a lot in recent times too. Um, hey, uh, I, you know, I want to start tracking this metric or I want to see this data or I want uh, something like that, right? You as the manager come across and say that. Um, 
But if you don't provide any further direction other than that, either like, okay, here's what I want to track. And I'd like to see it in a trend line, or I'd like to see a bar graph or a pie graph. And I'd like to see, you know, I would like to pull the data from these two sources, right? Um, instead of you just say, yeah, I'd like to see something regarding this. Cool. How do you want that to look? Uh, I just come up with something. Okay. So you do, you come up with something and you say, Hey, I've got this created. Do you want to see it? Uh, you want to review it now? No, let's just wait to the meeting in front of everybody. And then when you get in the meeting in front of everybody and you cut your own people down in front of that for providing data that you didn't, it wasn't really in the format that you wanted to see, even though you didn't know what you wanted to see. Like that's another form of micromanaging too. Right. And mm -hmm. I think it's an elevation thing where it shows that like, Hey, I'm still running the show here or something. I don't know. It's a weird kind of power trip where you literally provided no, no input. You just said you wanted something. So your team created something for you. And then it wasn't what you wanted to see, even though you took no time to review or no time to provide any research as to what or how you wanted it to be displayed. Um, you know, that's, that's another form of micromanagement. Um, you didn't really, you didn't really control your people over the top by, by every step of how you wanted something to be presented. But in the same token, you also put them on blast and sort of discredit them in front of the entire group in, in meetings. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm having backlashes of this right now as we speak because I remember doing exactly this like hey how do you want this presented I don't I don't care just put something on the board and then we'll we'll review the data as the meeting happens like okay cool but do you want to like look it over real fast so at least you know you you're understanding and then here comes the meeting we throw it up on the board we show all the data and then they start flipping wings like what the fuck I didn't know anything about that I'm like what do you mean you didn't know nothing about that? It's in every single one of our reports from the time we first uh, initiated this task till now. So why is this such a surprise to you, right? And because mm -hmm. that per because your boss is on blast, now he's going to put you on blast in front of everybody. I'm like, what, what the hell's going on? Why, why are we here? And in this article here by the Harvard Business Review, they identified uh, three methods that helps helps you, the manager or the leader, provide assistance to your people without coming off as micromanaging. And this was all based on a study they did over the course of 10 years on various leaders and organizations. Uh, if you actually look up this article, they kind of fudged the names a little bit to protect their privacy and such. But the three of them are uh, time your help so it comes off or it comes when your people are ready for it. Uh, clarify your role as to be the helper, not the examiner or a judge or just being an overall evaluator slash boss. And then align the rhythm of your involvement, i.e. the intensity and the frequency with your people's specific needs. I think we kind of touched that a little bit, just uh, go, just introing this episode, but these three like pretty much highlight everything in a nutshell. And we can start with like timing your help wisely, which is we kind of go up, went off that a little bit. Like, it's one thing to plan for stuff, but don't try to preempt every problem. Like, don't try to prevent every problem the second it happens. Because if you try to go off the top and try to prevent everything before your team even has a, a chance to even look at it, then your team's just going to be like, well, what the fuck am I here for? Like, you're already, have, you're already having a handle on this. 
just just go ahead or tell me what you need done just so I can get out of your way Be- because it's clear that you don't trust us to handle the work. So that's very interesting. Um, so, so for me, right. And, and recently where you said uh, you kind of come over the top a little bit, um, you come over the top and say, I want to see this and I want to do that da, 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 because nothing's getting done. And that's where you have to step in as a manager and protect your team from the upper echelons where you go, Hey, we are doing something about it. Um, he's like, well, I don't see it just cause you don't see it. Doesn't mean it's not getting done. You, you didn't even conference with me first, mm-hmm. right? You didn't, you didn't hit the appropriate chain. You just replied all in an email you read and put your feelings to it without getting any factual data or evidence. Mm-hmm. And you were operating on assumptions from five years ago. And not what's currently going on. Yes. Right. Assumptions from what you remember them to be when you were in that position, but not what they actually are now. And so you have to, you have to tell them like, you need to talk to me first. You know, you got to protect your team a little bit. You got to talk to me first and figure out what's going on because, you know, I had to explain right to, to my boss. I had to explain like, Hey, you, it, to you, it looks like nothing is getting done. But your team is actively taking steps to, to control. I said, because if I come over the top right away, the affected parties who, who have done whatever are going to, I try to cover up their mistakes or their tracks and, and not expose themselves as much as we need them to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, we're doing something, but we're actively monitoring it and we're waiting to see what other data comes out. I said, but you, by you come over the top, it's like, it's like, I'm going to use a California thing here, a poppy flower in high winds. It's going to close itself up <laughs> and, and, not, and not fully show its true colors, right? Yes. That's, that's exactly what, what happens in those situations. And, and you just cause that to happen yes. by you coming over the top like that. You need to talk to your team. And now you've discredited your whole team and upset your whole team. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's not good. Yes. And, and that goes back to, and that goes back to timing your help, right? Like you got to watch and listen to your team and what their efforts are going through. And I wouldn't say wait for them to come to you with the problem. Like, Oh, Hey, we fucked up, but it's one of those that you got to give them the opportunity to understand what the task is and give them the opportunity to hit the hurdles, which you may or may not anticipate it happening. Yeah. I, I call it actively listening, right? Yes. I'm sitting in the office and I got a whole team in there around me and I'm working on whatever report or whatever project or something like something on my own. Right. But I'm also listening to the conversations that are being had between my team, my, my team members. Mm-hmm. Hey, so-and-so hit me up about this. Do you guys track anything with, with that? No, I haven't heard anything about that. Or somebody said, yeah, actually something popped up about that a week ago. And I, I did some research, but I couldn't find anything, you know, well, have you, mm-hmm. did you ask so-and-so have they seen this before, you know, or, or like, well, what should we do about this? You know, whatever case. And that's when as a manager, you couldn't just come in and go, go, well, you know, you got to do this, this, and this and blah, blah, blah. And I can't believe you guys didn't get the research done. This is what I would have done. We're wasting time. No, what you should go is that's it. That's an, you know, well, what, what do you need from me? Yes. That's, that's what I try to do. What do you need from me in this? Right. Cause they might be, Hey, yeah, we have done the research, but I'm getting nowhere with it. Cause everybody's clamming up. 
okay, you guys have tried to do something. So now what do you need from me as the manager to come in and do? It'd be excellent if you can go talk to their boss. Got you. I'm right there. Say less, right? And yeah. and that and that's exactly it. That active listening piece, right? And then when you ask questions, which you have illustrated, you ask questions to clarify, not to challenge. Because when you start challenging like their thought process, they're just like, well, fuck, like, why am I even going through this yep. chain? Right. Like that, and then, like that meme you sent me from Rick and Morty. What is my purpose? You know? Oh yeah. You, you, you make coffee and fill out the same information on the same reports. Oh my God. You know, like that's, <laughs> if they feel like they're not contributing anything, they really will start to not contribute anything. Yes. And this also goes back with when you come with active listening and asking questions to clarify. And as you say, like, what do you need from me? It, it's when you provide that kind of assistance or that openness for assistance, they're more likely to receive it and come to you for it. Right. It, it's one of those where uh, people are less abrasive to for help when they have the opportunity to explain their process of what made them want to do what they did. Mm-hmm. And then. And then when they identify the gaps for you to, to fill, it makes them more enabled that you're actually there to, to, to do more than just grade them, you know? Right. Uh, and that kind of goes into like the second piece of this article was like clarify your, that your role is to help, right? Because as a, as a leader, as a manager, you, use, you wear multiple hats, right? Uh, managing resources, managing time, schedules. And part of it is evaluating uh, tasks, personnel, and processes. And when most people see a manager or a leader or someone of a higher echelon on the floor, the first thing that pops in their head is, oh, fuck, someone's fucking up. Someone did something wrong and we're all going to get our asses handed to us. Or, you know, they have that, that pre-programmed notion in their head that he's on the, he or she is on the floor something's wrong. And so without even thinking about what they could have done wrong, they start cleaning everything up or, or, or sweeping their mistakes under the rug. Cause like, well, we have no idea what, what they're here for, but let's just make it look as pretty as possible. So they're in and out of our hair and we can go back to business. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I try to do or be cognizant of, and it's tough for me to get out on the floor and walk around anymore. Um, just it's meetings after meetings. Usually it's the last day of the week. And you'll start seeing, you know, the other managers like it's like all right, a, a breathing day, a catch up day, and you can get out and have conversations with people. Mm-hmm. But I try to set the tone of <clears throat> when they see me walking around, they don't, you know, people don't go, ah, oh, shit, what are you doing out here? Or my team who is out there, even not even any other department, just for my own team. You know, I want that. I don't want them to look at it and go, shit, something must be sideways if, if he's out here. Mm-hmm. Right. I want that for my own team and I want that for every other department. But if you're just talking about your own team, you know, in this specific instance, I don't want them to be afraid. Like, man, I must be doing something wrong. And they, they'll come up to you right away. They might be in the middle of a task and they'll come up to you right away. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Nothing, man. I'm just, I'm just out stretching my legs. I had to get out of the office. I couldn't stare at the computer screen anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, so I'm starting to get that way now, you know, um, and, and I think it's been that way a little bit while, a little while for my own team. Uh, at least I hope it is um, that when they see me out there, they come up, Hey man, how's it going? What's going on? You know, they don't have to come up and try to justify everything that they're doing right away. I'm not there to, to, to judge you or base what you're doing. I, I assume you're working. Like yeah. you're, you were obviously in the middle of a task over there. I didn't walk over and talk to you because you were in the middle of a task over there. I'm not going to bother you. 
I just wanted to get out and see something different. Yes. That's my whole reason for being out here. But I also I, want it to be the tone where they see me walking around and anybody, my own team or other departments can come and say, Hey, we're running into this issue. What do you, do you have any suggestions? Right. Cause mm-hmm. six, you and I have experienced this. How many times in our past did we have people coming in asking us for solutions and problems? Cause people were too afraid to go to their own management yes. and discuss it. So they will come to us and say, Hey, how do you guys feel about it? Get our buy off on it. And then hell half the time we'd have to go to bat for them against their own management, you know, but that's, that's where you're viewed. This article calls like a helper. You're viewed as a helper. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not a roadblock. You shouldn't be a roadblock as a manager. You should be someone there to help and to elevate your team to making decisions. And if this, this decision's a little wonky, you, you don't come over again. Don't come over the top micromanage and say, no, you're stupid for who would even thought of doing that. What a stupid decision, blah, blah, blah. That's when you go, Hey, that's, I appreciate you making the call. Um, did you guys consider this? Oh, no, we didn't. Yeah. So that's another factor we have to, it might just be, it might be an education piece, right? Yeah. That's again, what I, what you should be as a manager, you should be an educator, Mm -hmm. educate your team because the decision might've been made because they weren't aware of all the facts. Yes. But don't, but don't criticize them for not knowing all the facts. It's impossible for everyone to know everything. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I do. And you, you nailed the. Uh, hit the nail on the head on that one. I like what this article also mentioned. You uh, you mentioned being a helper, and this one also highlights another key point. It's called psychological safety. Now we might get a lot of shit because you know the term safe space is such a a prominent dominant term that everyone's like when you hear safe space, like oh this person's just a crybaby bitch, you know. But yeah, uh, but uh, honestly, especially as a leader manager, psychological safety. It what that means is. You're creating an environment that encourages feedback, right? That's something you always want. Uh, being able to admit mistakes on both sides, right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. you as a manager, you fucked up. And no, sometimes your people are just too scared to tell you that you fucked up because they have a f- fear of losing their job, you know? Um, or And also sometimes the, the employee is scared to tell mistakes because they're afraid of your of what you may respond with, right? Like you just give them a minor problem and they respond with like dropping the elbow from the top ropes or like you give them a problem that requires maybe a screwdriver of a solution and you send them an, uh, a torque wrench driver, you know? <laughs> and and another part is being that a part of this psychological safety is being able to learn with each other because that's an ongoing process. That's something you have to keep on doing. And this is especially true from the manager standpoint, because there are times when you're making so many mistakes, you're making so many issues, but your team is just so disconnected from you that they don't want to tell you about it. They just hear what you say and then do the work the right way. And, and I think we've had this issue before, especially with higher echelon managers where they just input their, pro- their course corrections without any input from the top down. And then when they, receive that feedback when someone finally has just about had it with these extreme course corrections, they tell them instead of fostering that psychological safety where like they can actually accept uh, feedback, they just close it off and say, no, what you're doing is wrong. I am right because I talk louder or I am right because I wear the big kid pants and I have the private bathroom. So 
shut the hell up in color and do exactly what I told you to do because I told you to do it. Like, okay. Well, that, that comes in. back to a culture thing, right? You as the manager can drive culture. Uh, yes. You might inherit, inherit a place of good or bad culture, um, but you yourself can, are the captain of that and changing. And culture is the hardest thing to change. Mm-hmm. You, you know, especially if, if people are used to uh, a micromanager where they, every decision was hinged upon that person and your team just refused to provide any valuable input because they've been beaten down for so long. Um, you know, you yourself as the manager are responsible for instilling that cultural change into, and as you said, foster, uh, a positive form of feedback. And I, and I am very fortunate with my team is that they, and it took a little bit to change and and it's all, and it's, it's not one of those, you change it and let it go. You change it and then you maintain it. But my team has no problem telling me that, uh, I messed up. And now I got some more team members who are very comfortable with me and they're like, Hey, now you're wrong. And here's why. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm way open to that and and again I like you you said earlier six uh yeah you learn from each other um but I have other other team members who are like hey um just a suggestion you know I I know you sent the email that said this but um with what's going on currently out on the floor um that'll only work to a certain point because then this other thing is it, you know we have to address at the same time fantastic i'm not on the floor all the time i'm not aware of everything that's going on i need that feedback what's your suggestion you know how, how do you propose we amend this and make it work right absolutely and and, and, and then it, go ahead, ahead sorry sorry oh i was just saying and then just always be clear that you're there to help only to help not to judge or grade or anything and then this kind of goes into what you mentioned earlier about actually performing the help when you say you're gonna do it right I I don't know how many times you and I have both seen this where like, call me if you need anything. And then we actually call them and it's like, oh, I didn't really mean to call me. I meant you were supposed to call your whoever's the next in line in your in your call chain or who or who, your notification chain. I'm like what you just told me, like not even an hour ago that if I need something, call you. Oh, yeah, but I didn't really mean that. I'm like, Jesus. I mean, what actually directly saying that word for word that's more or less what you told me like don't i only say that to make you feel better but don't actually call me fuck yeah all right no no be about it right yes i think you and i experienced that in our past we're like uh and please call me if it you know if the if if you need anything so we did and like i can't believe you're bothering me in my off time for this you said but see that's one of the results of micromanaging you're setting yourself up for failure because you haven't instilled the culture that that psychological safety for your team where you make a decision and you'll have their backs. Even if it didn't cover everything, at least they stepped up and made a decision to where now is you, you, you can't take, like I said, in the beginning of the episode, you can't take a day off because you've set the tone that that no matter what my people decide to do, it's going to be wrong in my eyes. Yes. So therefore they quit making decisions and they call me for everything, but now it's interrupting my personal time and I'm mad about it. Well, you, you're, you're, you're the creator of your own world. You know, you created this. Yes. And, and I think uh, with certain people, that's kind of like a power trip to them that they, they like love and have to be that button pusher 
to make things going. Yeah. And it, and that's something I guess for an award or some or some kind of promotion or or their rise to the pyramid top or something like I'm the one who pushed the button to make things go. But like you said, if you if, if that's all you do and that's all you foster, then no one's going to do anything about it until you're the one who pushes the button. So I'm like congrats, you played yourself. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, we're in Chernobyl and the nuclear reactor is is melting down. I could hit the big red button and said stop, but my boss has also said that I don't give a shit if this place is burning down. Uh, you will call me before making a decision. Oh, but guess what? So they called you and you chose not to answer your phone because you're mad that somebody's bothering you on a Saturday afternoon. Well, the plants were the nuclear reactor melted and now we all have to leave the area. You know, <laughs> like we we all have to go find new homes. Yep. And then some of us are glowing in the dark. Thanks a lot, boss. <laughs> yeah. At least now I can find my shorts in the dark. <laughs> if there's a power outage. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, and the third one of this is align your rhythm of your involvement to your people's needs. Now, this is probably like the one part where micromanaging is probably seen the most is because you, uh, you as a boss, you know, you only have a finite amount of time to make things happen. So you got to you got to schedule things out. So you're involved as much as you can. So you have the best information possible. And then provide and still have that amount of assistance should your team need it. And this is all based on your team's uh, workflow. It's all based on the work process dynamic. It's all based on risk, right? Because if you, why spend the most time on the lowest risk? It's, it's just stupid. You want to uh, put more of your time on the stuff that's the most critical, the stuff that's going to be the most complex or the highest chance of issues. Yeah, what's the most problematic for your program, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, the the coffee machine keeps taking a shit on us. Okay, well, that's a pretty low-level risk um, compared to, hey, if we don't redesign the structure of this, we risk snapping the fuselage in flight when pulling X amount of Gs and thereby crippling the program and potentially killing numerous people. Like you don't want to spend all your time on the the printer, the copier. Yes. It's just, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's a very extreme example, right? Yes. But but to to add to what you were saying, like you don't put all your eggs into the low level shit. Well, that's the one I can get fixed faster. Sure, that's the one you can get fixed faster, but but if if the jet snaps in half and it and the investigation board deems it's for from malpractice or or whatever, uh, now you're out of a job altogether. So good thing you got that printer replaced, you know, that copier replaced. Right. Like, what the, what the hell? You get you get to print your resignation, right? <laughs> from that same printer. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. You get to print your, print your final paycheck from that son of a bitch, you know? Like, <laughs> right. And and then uh, along with that, when you when you start scheduling out your, let's, for lack of a better word, surveillance, right? When you start uh, scheduling that out, Make your people involved in the rhythm. Let them know what you're going to do. Because uh, I don't know about you, everyone out there, but when my manager or my boss just pops in unannounced, I kind of hate it. I, I hate that shit. It pisses me off. I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. Got to drop everything I'm fucking doing. Hi, boss. What do you need? How can I help you? You know, do the whole dog and pony show bullshit. And then wait, wait for them to kind of peek through and having to dig up shit because they want to figure out what, uh, who, what, when, where, and why which I don't readily have available 
at that time, at that moment in time. So I have to stop everything I'm doing, trying to push everything to the right or left because I have to get this for him unannounced. And then somehow figure out where in the day that I leave off at and go back to his business, uh, back to what I was doing. So, but I think it comes back to that culture thing too, where if you're the boss and you walk in and your team immediately goes, ah, crap. Like, and then everybody who was having a good time while still getting their work done, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's just quiet and working to themselves and Skype messaging one another when they're sitting two feet away from one another because they're afraid to to say something that might upset the boss. Like, that's no fucking good either, dude. That, that's, that's, that can't happen. Yes. An example of this, right, is like uh, the initial phase of a task or a project or a schedule even, right? You're, so you're there from, from in initial inception. You're there to under, fully understand the, the idea of the, of the task. You're there to understand the idea of the project, the operation, whatever. And then you hear like your team's input in it. Okay, okay they want to do this. They want to do that. They, have, they, un, they found this issue from way back when and that's something should be thrown into the mix. Cool. You're there from the initial. So you understand the general scope and the overall purpose of this uh, task, project, whatever. And then you go wheels off or hands off, like let your team be your team and figure it out. And then may, and then reg, and then schedule like regular intervals of checking up on them. Like, hey, how's it coming along? Where where are we at? Because um, sometimes you, like if anyone's ever seen progress reports. After reading so many, the numbers just start blurring together and all the colors start looking stupid. So it's sometimes it's more helpful to actually get that person to person interaction. Like, what's going on with this? Explain this to me, right? Uh, and then just get like the wave top general knowledge overview of what's going on. Because some people, when you start digging deeper into the core of the, of the task, they start getting defensive and they start closing up and like, why is this guy asking me so many damn questions? Like it's in my fucking report, you know? Right. Yep. And again, again, with the general knowledge piece, it's, it's better to have a general knowledge of what is supposed to happen. And you don't really have to dig into the core unless there's an issue that you're seeing pop up from your level or your team members address a certain issue that hasn't been seen from anyone from your level up. And it's also good to understand the process flow because if you just show up on the floor and you start making these hard course corrections, it's going to sound like, like you're just being too critical about their work. I think MVP, you mentioned that uh, some time ago, yep. like it just feel it just sounds like you're just being a dick or an asshole about it, or you're giving them irrelevant advice. Like, Hey, have you guys checked into this? Like, what the fuck does that have to do with our job? <laughs> yeah. What it- yeah, exactly. Because there is some times where you can come in like, I want to start researching this. Why? Why yeah. Why do we care about that? Right? It might be important to the program, but it might be not your department. And, and so also micromanaging, because somebody else isn't doing it, doesn't mean it now becomes your responsibility if it's not within your scope of work. Yes, we all want to see the program succeed, but there has to be the accountability measure in there. And, and you have to hold yourself accountable as the manager. So if somebody comes in and says, well, they're not doing it. So I want you to do it. Why? That's like, why am I, why am I taking on more work when that's supposed to be theirs? You know? Yes. And, and then it kind of gets into like the whole culture again, where like, you know, you continuous process improvement, you guys got to 
figure out ways to improve the team and then show your progression as a, as a leader manager, you know, for those higher echelon works. So you start taking on projects that has nothing to do with your scope of work or has nothing to do with your level of expertise, but you did it anyway. I'm like, why are we doing this again? And I, I don't know about you guys, but we MVP and myself has had this happen to us many times in our previous lives. Like uh, we're X, Y, Z component. And then we're doing ABC through DFG fucking other task. And like, this has nothing to do with what we're doing. Why are we doing this again? Oh, because so, you, oh, because yeah. X of this. I'm like, So I'm sort of running into that now, right? With my own leadership where you're going, why are we the ones? Because this is the only way it's going to stop. I can't be the fail safe for everything. Okay. Somebody else is going to have to step up and take accountability again, back to the accountability part of it, right? For their own actions and know that this happened because they didn't do their job to its entirety. Um, I can't be the fail safe for everything. I like, at what point am I just going to go out and do every freaking job there? You know, mm-hmm. if I if I'm the fail safe for everything, then can we at least get rid of these other people who have continued to fail over and over? Because it seems like they just keep getting less and less or more and more work taken from their plate and it keeps getting added to mine. Now, does this sentence fall in line with kind of what we've been talking in the last couple minutes here? Failing to frame your role and allow subordinates to feel threatened and undermined. Right. Yes. Uh, maybe maybe not that whole sentence, but. But it goes back to that role, right? Uh, okay, we're doing this job, but if every week we're continually changing something because somebody else isn't doing their job. Mm-hmm. But then if you tell your team, like, why aren't you guys looking into it? Well, why would, why would we look into that when that's not our scope of work? Well, because somebody's asking questions on it higher in the chain, and I want to be the one to have that answer for them. No, the, the question the person higher in the chain should have that question that they had and then go to the department that that tracks that metric and go, hey, what's uh, what's going on over in you guys' world? What's happening here? Why, why are these numbers so terrible? You know what I mean? Instead yes. of me going and answering, let's say I'm IT and they're asking me about engine stuff. Well, why the hell would I? If I was the upper echelons of management, even if even if I was IT and I had that answer. I would go, now how come IT has that answer, but maintenance does not? Something's something's not jiving here. And I would either go, one, maintenance, you're not doing the entirety of your job. But then I would go, hey, IT, what are you not doing on your end of the realm that you're you're tracking that stuff? You're missing something on your end then if you're devoting time to that. Yes. Right. So that. So that upper echelon is now not micromanaging, but now he's identified a problem. He's going, hey, hey, we got two different entities here that are missing a scope of work somewhere. I'm losing something from my IT realm because he's choosing to track engine stuff for some reason. And I obviously have uh, some info missing on this end, or I need to re-identify the scope of work for the maintenance group because they aren't tracking the data for the work that they're doing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm getting so many backlashes on this, man. I'm like, oh, I got flashbacks, especially when you're, you're involving yourself in work that has that is completely outside your realm of expertise or scope and trying to fit that in into a into a. A, a work schedule or work package that has next to nothing to do with it, 
is extremely and challenging and and then to make it make sense too because it's not because um, whatever that entity is they have full control of it they have full understanding of it and they have words or code or phrases that that's like instantly oh i got it and then you're trying to tell take this info translate it to and fit it into your work package and then send it up the line to your work packages echelon of leadership and they have no fucking clue what you're saying so now you just added more work upon work for stuff that's menial to non unnecessary <laughs> it's fucking, right it, it's it's ridiculous so, so i've seen this article about a um says a guide or a path clear i think is yep. uh, the words they used so so in many cases um you might be trying to uh, to not micromanage your team to empower them to help them to be that guide or path clear um but if you have um you know there's different levels of management right sorry sorry everyone i'm, I'm kind of trying to put together the sentences in my in my head as i'm as i'm saying it but you know, there's different levels of management. And if you're at the lowest level, right? So you're at the lowest level management and you're the one who's, who's in uh, slopping through the mud um, on a daily basis with your team. And then you have two or three levels above you who aren't down to such a lower level thing, right? They're dealing with the uh, more corporate side and whatever else. Um, if those people come over the top and start micromanaging you and your team, um, you know, you, also, your guide, your, your your guide, your job as a as as the guide or path clear for your team is to be a, a an umbrella or a bullshit deflector. Yes, and you might have to go up to those upper upper echelons and say, "Hey, I don't know what you're doing, but it's wrong, and you're discrediting your team. Your team is very unhappy right now. I'm playing. I'm the cleanup crew right now. I'm playing cleanup to keep your team happy and on track and and, and moving forward and keeping the morale as high as I can." You also, you know, as a as working towards being a helper and not a micromanager, you need to also put in check those micromanagers. Hey, yeah. I've got it. We're working it. I'll get you the report when we're done with our investigation or we're done with whatever job or whatever the case is. Um, you need to put those people in check because they don't see everything. And they might send an email out that comes over the top and is very very degrading and discrediting and in their mind, they might not, not read it as that. So you have to go to them and say, Hey, uh, I got to talk to you, your team. And they're why read your, read your last three emails. Well, what about my emails? Just pull them up and read them. Okay. Now read them out loud to me. I'm like, now how did that sound to you? Oh shit. Oh my God. I didn't mean that at all. You know? Oh, that's, yeah. that's why wow. I, I can see how that be, can be misconstrued. Yeah. 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 And that's what you did. And you put that out there to everyone, not just your team. You put that out to everyone on the program. Mm-hmm. And now everybody looks at your team as incapable and incompetent. Yes. And so, so maybe, maybe you should go now and apologize to your team and, and give an explanation. Yep. You and, know what I mean? Yep. And sometimes, and, and you hit the nail on the head on this one. And that's something I want to highlight as well. Like sometimes you being as the path clearer, the, the path you got to clear is up is the upper yep. management. Cause that's exactly true. You know, like sometimes they don't know that they're the obstruction. They just see like, I'm the enabler. I'm here to make sure you guys get X, Y, Z resources, 
but sometimes in the process of them doing that, they're actually blocking the road <laughs> and it, it's one of your jobs as MVP has alluded to as a manager or leader is to set the path clear. And sometimes the path that needs to get cleared up is the one that's going up. And, and that kind of goes into the culture thing as well. Like you as, as the higher echelon leader needs to understand that sometimes you need to hear that feedback and understand the, the, the information flow. So you're not making these decisions that just, totally degrades, condescends, and contradicts what your team is trying to do. And with all that said, you know, um, being a leader is, can come off as micromanaging and you, you do want to be hands-on to a certain degree. You can't just be wheel hands-off the entire time. Be hands-off enough to let your people work and figure out the mistakes but don't. But if you're seeing the car starting to drive off the cliff, don't wait for it to hit the edge before you finally step in. Uh, that goes into timing yeah. your help wisely. <laughs> right. Be be the guardrail in that instance, right? Yes. Oh, or like the bumper in in the bowling alley. Yes. For the for the gutters, like oh, no, no, no. Let's just go back over in the center here. Oh, we're too far the other way. Let's come back in. You know. Right. Right. Absolutely. So that goes into timing your your help wisely again. Um, clearly identify that your role is to help right and actually provide it when you say you are and sometimes the help is to just step out of the way <laughs> that's another thing and then time your intervals of of assistance with the specific needs of your people and the task don't just show up all day every day five times a day and like the fuck is this person here you know like use your time wisely you got yeah. uh, better things to do <laughs> you know it's interesting you said you know uh, don't let the car go off the cliff and, and I agree with that. There are some instances, I will say, however, that people or programs need to fall on their face. Now, now, understand the level of what fall on your face means. That's pretty low level, not crippling program or injuring people or assets. Mm-hmm. But let, you got to let people make the mistake to learn what that mistake really was, right? And then yes. you can come back and instead of micromanaging, instead of like, you will fix this. And they're going, no, fuck you. I'm right. Right. You know, you, you get a couple of type A personalities and you go, okay, you think that's the best way? I got you. I'll back you up on that. And then when it falls in the face, come back and say, do you understand now uh, why I was providing the feedback that I was? Yes. Yeah, you were right. I'm sorry. You know, and it's one of those that happened, but I bet you it won't happen again. Mm-hmm. You didn't micromanage them. You let them make their own decisions. And then they learned the consequences of their decisions. There's a saying out there. It says you're free to make your own decisions, but you are not free from the consequences of them. Yes. I love that. I love that a lot. And, and, by, and likewise with you as the manager or as a lead or a worker, right? They learn, uh, make mistakes with confidence, right? Like your, your manager, your leader, or your, your boss is, is there to help you with the course correction as needed. So, I'm almost po- I can, I'm positive in saying where most people would be there to help you out if you make a mistake, but don't be afraid to make them. Just like, well, I'm scared to do this because I don't want to get fucked. I don't want to fuck it up. Well, if you keep doing it that way, you'll never make anything. So be, be, have, have, make mistakes with confidence. And then likewise, what MVP was saying was you're, you're free to make the mistake. You're just not free of the consequences. So just, just understand that part. But that's all part of the learning curve is you got to know which which way is the good way 
And sometimes the bad ways are not clearly defined until you make them. So if, if it's a, if it's a trailblazing thing, if there's lessons learned, by all means, read that first. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, if it's a new concept, by all means, it's something you're, you're pioneering for the first time. You're going to discover the mistakes as you make them. But if it's a lessons learned thing, and this is a previous engagement or a previous task you guys have done, and you still make that same mistake, it's kind of on you at that point. <laughs> Agreed. Um, uh, final thoughts on this MVP. So my final thoughts is I'll leave, leave off with a uh, statement that General George Patton uh, has said, uh, never tell people how to do things, tell them what to do, and they will surprise you with their ingenuity. Damn, that's pretty deep. I got nothing on that. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Damn it, I got nothing. So for everyone, tell us what you think. Uh, what's your idea of micromanaging? Uh, what are some ways that you do or you have seen other people do to mitigate it so it doesn't come off as micromanaging? Uh, let us know um, in the comments of our social medias. Let us know via email on our website. Uh, reach out to us however way is easiest for you. Let us know your thoughts. And maybe on another episode, we can share those thoughts with you or our thoughts with you and what you gave us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always curious to learn uh, new new lessons in management, right? Yep. Um, you should always be continuing and opening and willing to learn. Absolutely. And on that note, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. We'd like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to continue to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners with special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Ryan Frushauer, Dan Schubert, Jenny Dignan, and the ladies of the Dick Talk and Mimosas podcast. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. Visit our shop at cancelformaintenance.com and grab some swag to show off both your support for us and your prowess as an aircraft technician. If you have ideas for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit our contact us section and send us a line. We will do what we can to get your ideas or yourself on the show. You can also follow us on social media such as on Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at Kanks, that's C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or on Twitter at CXMX Podcast. Check out some of our affiliates like Rockwell Time, where they make both rugged and classy watches to fit your lifestyle. Use the code CX4MX and save 10% off your purchase. Support us on Patreon. Our patrons get exclusive perks such as access to our Discord, discounts and early access to merch, special patron-only episodes, and so much more. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.